Welcome to Artist to Artist. Today we have a great guest, Brittany Lee, who's a local Tallahassee cellist and a real student of the arts, both musically and in visual arts. And I think you're really going to enjoy hearing her input and insight into the current state of the arts and the future of the arts as well. So let's get right to listening and talking to Brittany. Brittany, how you doing? Hi, Jen. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I, I realized before, um, well, first of all, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. And, and I was, as I was preparing for this, I, it's been like since January, since we've actually had like spoken with like using our voices and not like, you know, Facebook <laughs> or something, hasn't it? I know. It's, I think it was the last time I visited your art gallery that we spoke. Right, yeah, because that was after you guys played. Uh, you played at the Blue Tavern, right here in Tallahassee. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, and then I think you came by after that too. Um, to yeah, yeah. So it's been like forever. I mean, time has like been flying. So, so right. well, time has been flying, and to think that so many gigs were happening at once. You know, times have really changed. I know, I know. So, um, so, so, how have you been in the last uh, uh, ten months? <laughs> 10 months. Oh my gosh. I've been good. It's been an interesting process, you know, navigating how to handle, you know, a global pandemic when you're a musician. It's really interesting. I ended up getting a job actually to help support myself. I am a hostess at Siam Sushi. Slight plug over there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, you know, it doesn't mean that we can't still work on our crafts in our own spaces. You know, I think a lot of my peers have felt discouraged by not having an audience. But I think it's good to remember that, at least for a time, you know, not having an audience, it gives you a chance to look inward into playing for yourself, you know, not playing for others. But going back to kind of the reason you started playing, right? Or if I can speak for myself and say I love doing covers. I love copying other artists. I'm not a composer. I just arrange things. So it's fun to kind of get back to my roots, yeah. Like my my interest in metal <laughs> <laughs> and all the different genres, other than the classical repertoire, you know, the standard repertoire in classical Western art music. I like it. I mean, it's it's a different story every day. You know, we have our good days and our bad days, but that has been the last ten months for me. <laughs> has been just, you know, reevaluating myself as a musician and as a human being and seeing where I can self-improve. And your and your your primary instrument is the cello, right? Yes, sir. Yes and, it is. And is it a, is it a, um and it's just for the people of course of course, you know, I've heard you play and and I've and uh, but for those who have not seen you play, is it is it a particular type of cello or what's what type of cello is that? Well, my cello is really special to me because it's my, let's see, my fourth one that I've had in my life. I started out on a little rental cello from your local music store in Georgia, mm-hmm. metro Atlanta area. And then I graduated twice, graduated to an upgraded cello from there, another upgraded cello. And then finally, as I was graduating high school and was preparing for my career, 
as a music major, I upgraded to this cello that I have now, which was made 90 years ago in Munich, Germany. So it's 1927. What did I think? Oh, gosh. 90-something years ago. Wow. Wow. It's, I remember when I got it, it was about 90. Yeah. So now it's 93. Oh, I'm, I'm 22. So we're, we're close in our... Uh, I'm sorry. I'm just being weird about my cello. <laughs> it's my baby. I love my cello. So it is, it is a specific cello. They have Italian ones, French ones. And the prices, as you probably know, can go astronomically. Yeah. Way way up there but my i was able to get my cello because of the scholarship that i received at fsu it was basically what would have been my college fund from my mom ended up being a cello fund (laughs) because uh what what my family saved up to help support me to go to college and just in case you know it was needed that my family's kind enough to do that for me it actually ended up going toward an upgraded cello for college and for my most likely for the rest of my life i i see myself playing this cello and loving this cello it's like a i call it the little grumpy old german man (laughs) (laughs) because you know older instruments can be in a different maneuvering from newer ones it's it's a custom piece of of history you know and that yeah that's and you know and it makes all the difference too um of i think in a, in a lot of the arts of what kind of equipment you have it it, mm-hmm. it has it has a definite impact on what your product is yeah lucky for me it's an acoustic instrument so i don't have to spend i know my peers have for sure i you can go out of your way to really spend a lot on recording equipment mm-hmm. but what well, the beauty i think in my in my own humble existence is is playing an acoustic instrument i don't have to lug around an amp i don't have to lug around all these microphones and stuff. Sometimes there, someone will put a pickup on my instrument and that is awesome. I love playing microphone, but generally speaking, you're, when you're performing as a cellist, when I'm performing, it's the, what part of my training is playing loud enough so that everyone in an auditorium could hear me acoustically. Yeah. Naturally without, without the augmented sound technology. So I find I feel lucky that, you know, it's kind of the cello was an investment monetarily. Fiscally speaking, it was a lot. But <laughs> when you look at the fact that this cello can project to the extent that it can, it's a it's a money saver, you know, getting the degree, getting the instrument, learning how to pin, to maneuver for an audience or for yourself, rather, in these times or, you know, both. There are still gigs going on these days. Um it's nice. I, I feel so lucky to have the support that I do. Yeah. And to have the resources that I do. And the the network in Tallahassee is a great one for music and for art, especially. I really love Tallahassee. I don't know if you can tell. I really love Tallahassee. I love living here. Yeah. I, I've been here for almost four years now. And there's a there is a very strong uh, art culture in Tallahassee. And, and people who mm-hmm. are not from Tallahassee might not think about that. At first, you know, they might think, well, you know, Tallahassee, the, you know, hunting gators and, you know, <laughs> but, yeah. you know, but there's a really strong art culture here of all kinds. You know, there's, yes. there's, you know, there's music, performance art, theater, visual arts, sculpture. I mean, it's, it's, it's really a, a haven for it. And, it is. and I think it's great. And it's, and it's, and I think it's great 
as an artist to get recognized as 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 well because it, it's a it's a big enough city that there's good venues you know oh yeah um oh, but yeah. it's not so big that you just blend in with you know uh you know, hundreds of other people and and just kind of get lost in the mix you know what i mean yeah like uh I, i've been i've been called before a big fish in a small pond so to speak and I'd, I'm not crazy about that label because that small pond isn't as small as you think, especially not in Tallahassee. Yeah. You know, I, it's so interesting. It is, it's the city's capital. So it's, it's, how do you define it when it's also feels like such a humble, beautiful, artistic place? It's Tallahassee is something I joke about. It's Tallahassee is whatever you want it to be. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it really is. If you want it to be a corporate center, it can be that in one part of town. If you want it to be a college town, it truly can be that, especially on game days. Oh, my gosh. It can be a place for high art, like spots and roads, square and otherwise. I remember my time managing, helping manage um, Southern Exposure Art Gallery at Road Square was awesome because I got to see some of the high art it comes from here and that 621 and at your gallery gym that's really awesome <laughs> it feels so local but then again it's a it's like slightly bigger than local you know yeah what I mean? and there's some and i was surprised when i moved out to railroad square some of the names that are out there like you have you know mary proctor who's in the smithsonian oh my gosh leon, yes, leon, leon hicks who's who's taught at five universities and and he has stuff in the, I think, I believe the Library of Congress. And they're just out there in, in Railroad Square, which for those listening is a, is our local art park with a bunch of galleries in it. And yeah. it's just, it, it's, it's really amazing. And I, I actually, when I was put, when I was formulating my questions for you, you've hit right on something that I was um, wanting to ask you is, so, you know, you're, you're a musician by, by talent, by skill by by trade but what is it about visual art that um excites and interests you i mean what is it what is it that hooked you into into the, the visual arts as a as as an admirer and someone who appreciates it oh my gosh well my story my story with visual arts kind of started back to when i was a sophomore and someone offered to have me pose as a model for their art gallery that's how i got to know southern exposure is that you, I, I got to know so many artists in that process. Mm -hmm. And it, I've always really been drawn to Vincent Van Gogh. Good, he's very my favorite. Good I've, <laughs> I'm basically obsessed. Um, and, I, and I've had, I've always collected art as a hobby. I've never really considered myself good enough to try it. But uh, I through BART at, at the Frost Art Group and at so that what was Southern Exposure Art Gallery, I got some lessons and I, I, the way that people talk about music is like, if only I could, uh, the, well, a lot of people come up to me about music saying, if I just had the skill, I wish I would have stuck with something. I wish I would have done music. That's how I feel about art. I am <laughs> the way most people feel about music is really the way that I feel about visual art. I feel like such a lowly individual who is just in awe of the beauty of abstract art or classic art or avant-garde or I love flowers nature that's what I really love about your art gallery Jim is that you really do capture essence it's like the quintessence of beauty it's 
I don't know how to describe really. I've I've just always loved art, the arts, the liberal arts. You know, it it ties in with history. It ties in with, you know, people. People are so important. Yeah. Get, giving back to local organizations is so important. If it's a restaurant, if it's a nonprofit that you believe in, if it's an art gallery, if it's just a, a shelter, maybe for for dogs. I don't know. There's just, I'm really hitting all the corners here with things that I care about. But um, I don't know. I, I'm in awe of visual art. I really am. And the process of it. It's not so different from music. Yeah, we all we all are a little crazy right now because <laughs> our uh, you know our creative minds are still what they have been without COVID, except now there's less. It's a less direct line toward audiences, right? We have to sort of find our ways to communicate our art the way that we like, and it be efficient to the times right now. You know the the unprecedented times, as they say. Yeah, I you know I feel like. You know, that it, with with us being more cooped up and, you know, there's less, you know, exhibitions and less music venues and, you know, yeah. to, either, to either participate in or enjoy. I've kind of thought about that. And I feel it, it, as an artist, it makes me feel like I have a ping pong ball stuck in my head bouncing around because I want to, yeah. you know, I want to be out there. And I, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, one of the things that I have found is for me, music is extremely inspiring to me in. um in my artwork that music can put me in a mood or put or, or focus my, my emotions in such a way that it can express itself better in, in my painting. So, so it, the reverse of that though, do you find that visual art or other arts, it could be theaters, but, but other arts, do you feel that that has a a direct influence in the expression Mm. and the emotion in your music? I think it does for sure. You know, in my studio here, which doubles as my home. I, I live alone here in a one bedroom and I use it to teach and to practice and to play. I've surrounded myself completely with art, including one of your pieces, actually, Jim. The, I remember one time I, I got this purple sunset that was really beautiful. Um, I Even the books that I have, I keep their covers laid out sometimes. Like I have Saving the Giant Panda here with this really adorable picture of some pandas. <laughs> I've got some Van Gogh, I've got some posters that I've had from concerts. I have some art from the vintage store in in Railroad Square. Oh yeah. I have an yeah. absence poster. I have this neoclassical thing going on, but also just I have this huge abstract piece that I've owned actually since for about ten years now and I've even driven it on the top of my car moving down here. I was determined to keep up this ginormous <laughs> abstract art piece that is so near and dear to my heart. I really do believe that what you what you were describing is true. When I'm practicing and I'm playing and when I bring in students, I think it really inspires. Mm-hmm. I have a guitar here and I have a piano here as well. And it's just, that's that really my inspiration is heavily derived from visual art. I think they go hand in hand, Jim. I think so many mediums are just these essential outlets that people can have that can really help through these times. And it's, yeah. it's definitely become a more of a coping skill recently for me than it really has been exhibitionism, as you were kind of saying that 
showing the audience. It's really, it's become more like catharsis. More yeah. and more. And yeah. it's always been catharsis for me. That's, I started playing the cello when I was 12, when I had all these feelings as an adolescent that needed to get my feelings out. And I played cello six hours a day. These days it's quite different. But that catharsis, that cathartic process is still there for me. You know, in my heart, I've, I really feel like art can save our, our happiness, our, our fulfillment, our potential. It's a really beautiful thing. I love yeah. it. Yeah. And, and, I, and I hope that more people. Well, you know, what's funny is I've, I've seen more during this pandemic, more people deciding to give it a go on some level. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're being drawn to that. Like you think like, you know, we're, you know, that, you know, we're all facing this, this potentially life threatening threat and people are, are flocking to the arts because and it shows you how important that is. I did an interview a while back where they were talking about funding for the arts. And I said, people need to stop thinking about it as being an elective and thinking about the arts as being essential. Oh my gosh. You know? Yeah. And so, and so I think you've expressed that, that very well. Um, and of course just talking now, I know why I really wanted to talk to you because now I just want to go do art like immediately. It's like, I do. Would you, yeah. If you, if you have your, um, if you have your cello, you happen to have it around uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> to, sure. to, to, to give uh, folks a sample of your, uh, of your uh, music. Yeah, for sure. I'll I'll put the camera down near where my cello is and then hopefully you can hear it well. We'll do a little test here. Okay. Let's see. Can you hear that well? Beautiful, yes. Okay. I'll play a little bit of this piece that I'm learning for school. Okay. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's beautiful. And yeah, I, I tell you what, if, if anyone gets to, a chance to see you play in person, they have to. Not they oh. should or not, you know, it's, it's <laughs> they, they have to. That's a mandate. Anybody listening to this has to see you play. Thank um, you. One of, the, uh, one of the questions I had, too, is what, because and and you may have touched on this, but, you know, in you know, in art, I feel like sometimes that I have a mission with it. So what what would you say that your that your biggest mission is in in music? What's 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 the what's the grand finale kind of goal? What what is that? Yes, I totally believe in the word mission, and I have I've had that feeling. You know, it's hard to put my finger on exactly because it is. I see it in people's eyes. I see how music can bring people bring it brings tears to their eyes you know and then I know my work is done because it it brings about this process wherein they create this space 
they, they've been allowed to have the space in, in their, in themselves to deal with maybe a difficult feeling or maybe to deal with a loss or to deal with something that they're going through in that moment that they can just escape for a second. I do think that there is an escapism aspect to art. Of course. I mean, through, mm-hmm. through doing it, the medium and through receiving it through a medium, it's, it's really cool. And I think the mission there is to bring people closer to each other. I think if everybody, like you were saying, how essential the arts are, if everybody could take place, take part, I don't think there would be so much aggression. I don't think there would be disagreements as much. I think if everyone had an outlet for their negative or positive emotions, depending on what your state is at the time, mm-hmm. we could all be so much closer. <laughs> we could all be more connected to each other. And so the mission I would say is just, you know, decency, human decency through that fulfilled place you get to when when you're observing art or when you're producing art or music or theater or sculpting is is so cool to me <laughs> it's <they're laughs> all so great the and the liberal arts the history behind it all the method the context of different arts i that's huge for me as a classical musician is knowing the composer and knowing what made them who they were as people as brilliant artists like Tchaikovsky like Beethoven like Greek like Brahms like Shostakovich like Bach like Handel it's really cool (laughs) when you're a nerd you get to have so much fun with with music and art (laughs) (laughs) it's like it is all that in a bag of chips it really is because you you can google a name and just learn so much that that's the time that we live in right now we have access everything is at our fingertips literally Uh, in terms of research in terms of how we can better understand art and better understand ourselves as people that that is the mission isn't it it's to understand each other better through art through nature i mean i genuinely believe that nature is one of the biggest conduits for change and for art and for an outlet i think for people who don't have art as their medium exactly i think i see a lot of people exercising these days yeah because art art is made in nature (laughs) there's you can't (laughs) separate you cannot separate nature from music you can't separate nature from art nature is when you think when i think about the composers that i play their music I know for a fact that it's pastoral in nature or that it's a military march even, or that it's, you know, just replicating a sound of one's country, of one's nation. There's a lot of nationalism in the romantic era. And a lot of that is attached to the terrain of that region. I think of Italy. I think of France. I think of Germany. I think of Africa for percussion. I think of Latin America for dancing. I think just culturally, there's such a significance to a culture's music. And that, I think we go back to geography to understand that, you know, what, what nation did this during this time and what, how did it influence a culture here and there? Diversity is huge in art. Huge. Yeah. I'm, 
I find myself very inspired by musics of other cultures. And I think you can achieve that through being in nature and kind of finding yourself again. I guess I'm kind of going on a rant now, but <laughs> it's No, you make you're you're bringing something to light that I that I wanted to talk about too. Nice. Is uh um you know there's 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 been discussion about art being very uh, ethnocentric or not art but music being ethnocentric for instance if you take classical music oh, yes. you know, say it's classical music you get all the european composers right but but there's so much more to that and, and my question is do you feel with with the advent of the internet and social media and information and communication being shared so much more easily and music being shared so much more easily do you see people becoming more educated to other cultures and mm. tolerant of other cultures and, and moreover appreciative of uh, other cultures because of the exposure to international music. Yes. I, I think that is a great point, but I can't give it away. I can't give it in too easily because there is so much, so much work that needs to be done in that department. I'm very passionate about this issue of ethnocentrism in music and in art. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I think, but I think the internet is helping. I think the internet is helping this, this crisis in, in my head that, you know, we, the first thing people think of when they hear classical music is uh, Mozart, I guess, or Beethoven, or Beethoven yeah. or really old white men. Yeah. <laughs> with, with, with powdered wigs on. Yeah, with the powdered wigs, man. It, it doesn't make sense. It, no, it, of course it makes sense. They were brilliant artists at the time, but we we are living in 2020. We are living in a time when everyone is valid, even if it seems like a difficult. Uh, it doesn't. Okay, it doesn't really make sense to me how people can't really see the beauty in all cultures. Mm -hmm. But I don't mean to get on a high horse about it because I am also white. So, you know. I do, to answer your question, I do, I do believe that the internet is helpful. It's helped me a lot with gaining access to different religions, different cultures, different musics of different people. And hopefully what we, what I hope to see is that that happens more in universities. Yeah. And I think FSU is, is doing an all right job at it. I think they can, there can always be an improvement in that regard. And it's up to us the people who are parts of institutions like FSU and like FAMU and like the church, you know, all, like all of the institutions, I think it's our responsibility to be sensitive to ethnocentrism. Oh my gosh, that, that is, that's a huge part of right now in 2020 is being sensitive to the cultures of other people besides yourself. Yeah. Whoever yourself is, whoever you is, whoever I am, it matters. It really matters. Those people's lives matter. Yeah. And, you know, if, if music schools and art schools um, want to create better artists, then it behooves them to expose artists to different cultures. Because, we're influ yes. because you know, I, as, a, as an artist, I'm influenced by the achievements of others. And as a musician, you're influenced by the achievements of others. And how can we be our best selves if we're not exposed to the to the entire spectrum of achievements. If we're just getting a sliver, we're being cheated, aren't right. we? You know? I, I agree. I think if we all listen to Bob Marley about 30 minutes a day, 
then the world would be a much better place. <laughs> I think if we could all just take that advice that, you know, we we all have it in us, this beautiful, spiritual, artistic energy, whatever you believe, I think it's true that art affects people in a very profound way. And it's so, it's so cool that it can also be a medium. You know, not everything is like that. Not everything can be on its own, but also channeled through. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, maybe that sounds a little too in the clouds. No, <laughs> yeah, well, but... you're talking to an artist. Nothing's too far in the clouds for me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That's that's great to hear, Jim, because, you know, I find myself pretty in the clouds most of the time. <laughs> that's awesome. No, I, I really do think that institutions can do a better job. And even if you're doing a good job, you know, you can still, we can always self-improve. That's part of our... Uh, that's our cross to bear as artists, you know, we, we really want to do better than we are, even if we're doing all right, we always, we're so hard on ourselves. Yeah. Know? Yeah. We and I don't think, you know, it's good to be hard on yourself about some things that are essential that we all can grow through. But then I think, you know, artists should give each other some breaks. We all admire each other on some level. Right. And I know I struggle with taking compliments. <laughs> it's it, and you probably do too, Jim, because I know you're rather humble about your art. Your art is fantastic. I just have to say that if I'm talking about Bob Marley, you know, I can relate it to you and how you really choose nature as a medium for your art and you, the colors that you use. It's really great. I, I really like your art, Jim. <laughs> I, I'm definitely. I would say I'm definitely a victim of imposter syndrome. You know. Oh my gosh, me too. And I'm an identical twin, so it just it just adds on the mess. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, something that if we're talking about institutions, there is a nonprofit that I'm involved with in local to my community where I'm from in Georgia. It's called Henry for Music. And we were featured in the Henry County Times to celebrate Henry County and to celebrate what's going on in the local music scene there, which is I would say only now starting to really blossom. Huh. Yeah, I, I oh, recently... Henry, um, Henry for Music. Henry for Music, yeah, you should definitely... Um, people. My friend Jerry Hesselink is the founder, and it, get, it provides services for kids who don't have orchestra programs in their schools. It's an after-school program. And most of the kids are people of color, come from families of people of color who don't have access to orchestra orchestral instruments like string instruments uh -huh. and i guess i just really want to plug that in right now yeah i think <laughs> because they they take donations and they're slowly but surely really growing i'm not sure what the covid i know i've gotten some emails about it that i i covid has definitely affected performances that i've had that i was meaning to do there mm -hmm. um but yeah i think even in the next few weeks i think i'll drive up to georgia and see what's going on with them because it's a beautiful organization it's that what they do for the kids there i volunteered uh, some some lessons there and i played for them and they're so generous they're they're jerry and the team and kavina franklin everyone is just doing a really great job and keeping a positive vibe they've inspired me yeah they've inspired me someone who came from the same place and yeah I just I really love that organization so thank you for giving me a platform to be able to speak about it yeah and and if if, if people are interested in learning more about uh Henry for music can they find them on the internet 
Yeah, they have a Facebook page. Okay, so go, sure. so go to Facebook and look up Henry for Music, and then people can get a lot more information on, on how they're doing and what their mission is up there in Georgia. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, I feel like we've only just, we, you and I could talk for like three hours. I know we could. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. I know. But so, so I'm going to have to have you on again in the future, if you're willing to come on. All righty. Um, for sure. But, definitely. But I know, um, I want people to be able to, to find you to be like, I, cause I already told everyone they have to listen to your music. So, um, and they, and they, and they must, I want them to. So where, where do people find you? If they want to find you on the internet or if they want to book your music, where do they, where do they, where do they, where do they hunt you down, Brittany? Yeah, I, I generally operate a lot on Facebook. I'm actually in a trio with these two lovely women from FSU. We started the first Scandinavian trio the first Scandinavian ensemble at FSU, it's my friend Aisha and my friend Sarah. That was who you saw play at the Blue Tavern that night, if you remember. Uh, is it Vastra, right? Vastra, yes. Yes, yeah, I remember. V-A- yeah. Yay! <laughs> V-A-S-T-R-A. It's Swedish uh, for the term West, which we are operating as a Western organization, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so... That would be great. <laughs> so people can find could... they can find Vostra and they'll find you through Vostra, and they can also yes. and they can also uh, and they can is your um do you have a I know you have a Facebook page and everything it's Brittany Lee. Yes, sir. And... Yes, Brittany Lee L E I G H. That's my that's where I operate. I don't have my own Facebook page because I'm I feel like my ego is strong enough as it is. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> My my sense of pride is is really its own its own thing altogether. But um, <laughs> we'll do, we'll, it's just we'll, funny that I'm exposing that to myself. <laughs> we'll uh we'll we'll dive into that next time you're on the podcast. We'll <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. We'll have, I love we'll my have, Facebook page. I gotta say, I love my profile. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a we'll have a Facebook intervention for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny. <laughs> Facebook is crazy. Facebook is awesome. And if anyone wants to see where I'm playing, I, I always share it on Facebook. So great. So I think everyone should look you up. I'll put it in the, in the, uh, in the description of the podcast as well. So people um, can, can find you and I'll put i uh, I'll put a link to that as, as well. Awesome. So, and, and I'll put a link to the uh, uh, Henry free music face uh, Facebook page in the description as well. So people can go straight there to see, to see what they're doing. Awesome. And Vostra. Vostra, Vostra on too. Facebook. That is a Facebook page. I'm going to have a ton yeah. of links. <laughs> Yay. Awesome. I'm not on Instagram or any of the other things. I'm just on Facebook. So I like to use that for gigging and for networking. It's a really great tool. It really is. I have a YouTube channel that I've considered putting more videos on, but that's kind of in the process. Okay. Again, my ego can only take so much <laughs> of my own criticism. So <laughs> well, I'll do I'll do my best to pump that ego up. Okay. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, um, Brittany, I really, really want to thank you for being on the podcast. This this conversation has been not only not only fascinating but inspiring for me. And oh, thank you so much, Jen. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, and I really I really appreciate it. And uh, and I look forward to seeing you some sometime soon. Like not not yeah. on the other end of a phone, but you know at the gallery or you know yeah you know my wife Connie we should all get together I think what do you think Yes we should let let's have dinner sometime Okay That'd be great. we will we will so awesome thanks again Brittany appreciate it and uh, and I'll be talking to you soon Thank you thanks for what you do Jim you really appreciate and it Back at you we'll see you later Bye Bye. 
I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. And be sure to go into the episode description to look at all the links that we mentioned when talking to Brittany. I hope you do, and I hope you visit uh, Henry for Music and Vostra, and also check out Brittany on Facebook. If you want to reach out to me, you can get a hold of me at jimrussellart.com or jimrussellart at gmail.com if you want to email me. Thanks a lot for listening, and we'll see you next time.